Today we've got a really special guest on the show, Sherriana Boyle, who's going to talk to us about emotional intelligence and why it's so important to understand the difference between emotions and reactions and how that can level up our lives today. So here we go. The world has gone crazy with pandemics, a global health crisis, toxic food and technology taking over. Taking over. Welcome to Man versus Death. How to dodge the Reaper. The Reaper. The Reaper. <clears throat> All right. Enough of that silliness. The big question is this. In today's hectic, crazy world, how can busy professionals like us not only survive, but thrive and rise above all the threats every day to live long and prosper? This podcast will provide key tips, tricks, hacks, and experts to guide you to amazing health and hopefully a longer life. Welcome to Man vs. Death with your host, Ian Ayer. So, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. And this week... We've got an awesome guest with us. We've got the lovely Sherriana Boyle, who is the author of Emotional Detox. And she coaches people through the problems we're about to hear about now and find out how she helps people to level up to their next quality of life. Sherriana, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ian. Thank you for coming on this lovely, cold, chilly day that it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> so... Looking at your background, you've got a very diverse and, you know, could be a little bit scary for some people looking at your background thinking, wow, Sherriana's done a lot. She's, she's uh, you know, she's got it going on there. Um, but obviously, one of the big things and, and things you're kind of most name, known for really is, is being the author of the book, Emotional Detox. So mm. if you wouldn't mind sort of sharing with us, what, what sort of drove you to write that? What's the kind of problems that you, you were facing and, and where did that come from? Oh boy. Well, that's, um, it's a long story, but I'll try to shorten it up, give you the very, you know, the cliff notes of it. So emotional detox is something, it's actually my seventh book. So previous to that book, I had written a whole bunch of different books on anxiety and really looking at how you can transform anxiety. And and then I decided after the sixth book that I published, which was actually Mantras Made Easy, I started thinking about emotions and how I really wanted to just focus on a book about them and asking questions. What are they? What happens when we don't feel them? Do they really go away? Those kinds of thoughts and questions were going through my mind. And so I was doing the research and then I presented it to the publisher and they said, okay, it looks good, but you need to do more. So I went back and I did more, presented it again. And they said, okay, you've got something here. And I was all excited because it was Simon and Schuster. I was like, woohoo, you know, jumping for joy. And I did it kind of thing. And then I was struck like weeks later with a really traumatic event that just came out of nowhere, unexpected, and it affected myself and my family. And so now I'm in crisis. And I went from high as a kite to, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I can get up in the morning, let alone write a book. So I had to be honest and tell them, I can't do this right now. And, um, and they were great and said, you know, when you can write the book. And so that 
book, I always say I wrote it from inside out because not only was I interested in an emotional detox, I needed an emotional detox. I was in crisis and it ended up being the greatest blessing because I got to write it from inside out. I got to actually experience, test out and try what I was writing. And so how emotional detox came to be was, well, well, it was before I already had the idea planted, but within that book is a system called cleanse. And that's an acronym for the seven steps of an emotional detox. That system came from moving through my own personal experience. And then of course, supporting others through emotional detox coaching through theirs. So that's a, that's a very short version of uh, which so this is uh, talked about in the book. I talk about what happened to myself and my family very loosely. Um, and I find that people really relate on many levels to what happened. Everybody can see themselves in some way, even if it wasn't exactly the same event, they, they experience at some level, at some point in their life, a similar, similar feelings and situations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like obviously for you, really the, the, <laughs> the, the intervention was you, you, you're going to write this book anyway, but we're going to give you some real experiential learning here to kind of, to kind of help you get that book off the ground and, and, and have real meaning to it. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not just a book on theory. This is now a book on practice this is a book on application. And as you say, you've got that framework there for actually helping people to sort of get through those, those, those situations. So in terms of like everyday use, um, where do you see, where do you see the need for emotional detox? Like, for example, like, you know, do you, do you see it more in some areas of life than others? Are there certain people that really tend to hold on to these toxic emotions or don't really deal with them? Where, where do you sort of see the, the big problem with that? Well, I, I think that it ends up being similar to what you probably practice with your gym is that it's, it's not for just when a crisis happens, Yeah. right? That's how I was introduced to it, how I came about it and how I wrote about it. But it's really a lifestyle kind of like your gym, right? It's a, you integrate it into your life. And as far as the, the problem, so what, what I needed. And when I went through the crisis, I went naturally to a therapist. Now I didn't have a therapist. I'm, I'm always helping everybody else. So I went to a few therapists quite honestly, because I was a terrible client. I, I had so much information about emotions in my head and research that I would listen to the therapist. And I think, but the research says this <laughs> and I would nod my head, but inside I would think I'm not, that's not going to work, you know, because I, I'd researched so much trauma. So eventually I had to let that path go for me. It was actually uh, causing some resistance. And so I left therapy and that's when I really just said, okay, I got to go inside and, and I have this inside me and pull this out. And that's when the cleanse surfaced. But part of that process was I couldn't function off old systems. So you ask about the problem. 
there's a, there was like a foundation. It's like a family that was based on this foundation and you can't, it can't grow from that or a garden. It's like, you got to pull everything out of that garden, every weed, everything. And you just got to put in new soil and new ideas and insight and almost begin from scratch. And that's what I found I needed. I couldn't function off of old systems. The old systems teach us that we have to manage, control, or regulate our emotions. They teach us that we have to label them, identify the problem, that we have to um, look at each other like, okay, what's your diagnosis? And, and then go from there. There's a lot I felt, feel like there can be a lot of judgment with that. And so it kind of got in the way of me actually feeling if I start to think, okay, well then maybe this is going on, or this person has this issue and we got to fix it. I, I just, there was no emotional processing in that for me. I couldn't focus on myself. Now I'm even focusing on the other person even more. So emotional detox basically says it's based on this promise. All emotions are good. So long as you process them, all emotions are good. So long as you process them. And, and what that means is the emotions are not the problem. Like we thought they were, it's the reactions and the way we react becomes toxic and it prevents us from fully processing an emotion. And if it doesn't just prevent, it suppresses them and they don't just disappear they hang out and they create quite a disturbance, don't they, Ian? Mentally, mm. physically, emotionally, and our relationships. And they really need us to take that next two, second, third step and be beyond identifying, beyond talking and processing them so that they can convert into something new and we can gain something from every experience that we have, no matter how horrible or even how positive it is, as long as we gain energy from it. Yeah, hundred percent. That makes, that makes so much sense. I mean, uh, you know, certainly people, people tend to have that mindset, don't they? Of like you said, there's, there's good and bad emotions when in reality, mm -hmm. you know, we have to feel every, all of them because they're a mechanism. They're trying to tell us something. They're trying to, they're on our side, right? They're not against us. Right. So that idea of processing them and making sure that we can service them in the way that's going to, we understand what's actually happening and the messages coming through is really, really important. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I certainly, I see it a lot in everyday life with, with the clients that I help, that they're very highly stressed. So they start to mm -hmm. point the fingers of negativity at certain emotions being the enemy. Yeah. And it's not the case, is it? It's not the case. No, because no, if, if, if the emotions are the enemy, then you're making yourself the enemy. Basically, exactly. you're attacking yourself. And I'm, I'm sure you see that all the time. We literally will attack ourselves. Hmm. And, and the body has a response. It, it, it responds as if it's been attacked. Inflammation is a, is a response to that. High stress, high anxiety is a response to that. So yeah, if you attack yourself, you're going to you're going to get a reaction in return from your body. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and I think as well, people attach again, like the the sort of negative 
um, negative connotations, if you like, against emotions. So, you know, that, that they feel like that there's this shame attached sometimes. You shouldn't feel this way or you shouldn't. But that's, that's not reality, I, I, I don't think. And you're, what's, what's your take on this? You know, I feel that everyone should feel every emotion and you should appreciate, you should be able to process every emotion. In fact, shutting yourself off to them is completely the wrong, the wrong tactic. And I think that's what you're kind of saying there, isn't it, really? Not to... Yeah, I am saying that, but I really had to come up with this, Anne, when I was going through my own crisis, I realized that that kind of thinking will make you nuts, you know, you know, focusing on, you know, what is this and why do I feel that? How can I make it go away? It's extremely, it's exhausting. It takes up a lot of your time, your energy, your attention. It doesn't really amount to much of anything, but I really emotional detox is based on, um, there's only one emotion and that is love everything else is a reaction. And that's how I live my life. And I encourage people to think about it. Every, there's only one emotion and that is love. Everything else is a reaction. That means guilt is a reaction. Shame is a reaction. Anger is a reaction. Sadness is a reaction. Love is the only one. And we, and then that opens the doorway to really uncovering and discovering what love is. Cause we have this sort of feeling like it's going to be, you know, we're going to be getting roses and we're going to be on top of the world. And we have a lot of, and, and that's not it. You know, love is extremely calming. I don't know if you've ever experienced it's, it gives you a sense of inner peace. It relaxes you. So if, if you feel you have these ideas about love, it might be interfering with your ability to process your emotions. So again, if, if it's not love, you're probably reacting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And where do you think, it, where does it, I mean, where does it come from for, because this is a, this is a complete paradigm shift really, isn't it? It's saying, you know, yeah. this, is, this is probably what you're programmed to think, which is yeah. based on the old model of emotions. And this is kind of actually, if you think of it this way and change that, we can, we can really improve the way that your, your life systems can work. So where do you think that original paradigm comes from? Is it from parents? Is it school? Is it a bit of everything? Is it, where does it come from? Well, psychology, um, it, that's, it's a lot of the different methods over the years. I mean, psychology as a science of, of the study of the mind and the body, I mean, you can see it intertwined in there, but you can also see some of the earlier pioneers of psychology were kind of, kind of stepping the, you know, like Alfred, um, Carl Rogers and, and those, the, the early, the early ones, they kind of had a, a sense of this, um, Abraham Maslow, you know, with his pyramid of, of self-actualization, you know, had a sense of this, this, this idea that we need to feel safe, that we need to have a sense of belonging and security. And I, I think it's been touched upon what I needed. And I'm a psychology professor, um, an adjunct psychology professor. And so I've been teaching this stuff forever. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, I really, respect the field, but boy, is there room for more, right? And we're always evolving, growing and changing. And so really, how can we, we don't want to throw everything out, but it's just a little bit of a tilt, you know, it's just a little, a little bit of a shift. 
And I'm saying we never really taught how to process. Mm. We taught how to look at things and about perception, but we never gave people an idea of what it looks like to actually process an emotion. And I think that the field of mindfulness has really given us the meditation and things like that, the insight into that, where the cleanse, which is nice is you still have a chance to identify what you feel, because I do think that's important part and aspect. And with human beings, we do need to identify it. But after you identify it, then you need to have a mechanism for releasing the reactions around all of that. And I think what we're learning now is so much of the way react, we react has been passed on through generations. So what you're, you know, through pa- definitely parenting styles yeah. um, impacts it. Definitely school, education, um, society, I mean, you see what's going on with nobody wants you to feel anything. Really, if you look at the society, you you you're not allowed to feel in some situations, um, and so people are really affected by that. It causes them to kind of freeze and get paralyzed and scared, and that's trauma. It's mm. traumatizing, right? So trauma in the body, you'll keep sort of revisiting the same emotions over and over again. That's how, you know, there's some trauma there is you can't really keep saying, keep revisiting anxiety. It keeps coming back around, coming back around. Maybe you have space between episodes, but it comes back around because there's something there that you want to complete. And that's usually a reactive pattern. So the cleanse I find addresses that for people quite nicely. Um, and it just gives them the tools for emotional processing. Yeah, which is awesome. And I think hopefully, hopefully I could be wrong, but in 2021 now, I think, as you said, things like mindfulness, and I think there seems to be a bigger awareness now for people in general, across all populations to, to get on board with the idea of, okay, maybe I can understand more about myself, what, what I feel, what I, what I want, what I want to do, every, everything that's connected to me and who I am. And, uh, and I think that's great because it's given everyone that opportunity to explore things that probably they wouldn't have even had any information on at all in years gone by, which yeah. is really, really good. Um, and as you say, I think there's definitely, you know, the, the sort of parenting, the schooling system, the the old ways and old teachings has a lot to, to sort of do on there. But it does seem to me that some people just get stuck, as you're saying, these loops, these repetitive yeah. loops, and, and it yeah. keeps happening. And, and I think that having the cleanse system there, being able to get you through that is brilliant. What about for people who maybe have issues in their life, but aren't necessarily in tuned enough to say, I know that this would be a solution for me because I know this is the problem. So how, how would you help someone, for example, how would you identify someone where you'd say this method could work for you because whether you realize it or not, you've got a problem because here's a symptom of that problem, if that makes sense. Do you have an example, Ian, yeah. of that, what you're thinking? So for example, um, let's say you've got someone who is probably, you know, very chronically stressed, Okay. And maybe they're not actually looking at the reasons why they're stressed. They're just living in this stress all the time. 
Now I'm sure using the cleanse system, you could probably help them to take that back, work out where that, that stress is coming from, why it's feeling like a negative issue for them and why they're kind of possibly mm. blocking some of the things going on there. But maybe they haven't connected the dots, if that makes sense. They don't know. They yeah. Just... I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you're thinking of someone while you're talking. Sometimes <laughs> I can pick up on the energy. But, you know, I, I think that it's, a, it's different for everybody. And this is where the, the coaching comes in. Mm. Um, I think you kind of begin where you begin. And mm. so sometimes the, the where you begin is the fact that you don't know where to begin, right? Yep. So when I don't know where to begin, um, it it makes me feel. Yeah. Right. And there's going to be feeling in there, and so for someone like that, you just you got to go as closest to the now as possible, because if you go too far away from the now, you're going to get overwhelmed, mm. right? So just bring it home and not knowing where to begin is, is makes me feel. And there's a lot to work with right there. Right. And, and you could, I can already feel it shifting a little bit. So you can, and that's probably someone that feels overwhelmed and, and they're feel out of control. Right. I mean, if they're in high levels of stress like that, and it's like feeling like you're going to burst, you know, but that burst is, I just want people to know is really a breakthrough. I mean, it's not really a burst. It's, it's an opportunity and it can be scary. So as far as the cleanse, it gives you a structure yeah. and the stru- we need a little bit of structure. And I, I think that's where, what I needed when I was in high levels of reactivity, which it's what I call it in my crisis. And that's what I wasn't getting from therapy was it didn't feel structured. I got that I needed to address these things, but then the clock would hit 50 minutes (laughs) and it'd be like, okay, your time's up. And then I'm left trying to figure it out. And that just was too much. And I, and people do, they, they, walk around sort of waiting for their next appointment or, or maybe they're like, this isn't working. And now I get, I better get some medication or, you know, whatever. And I'm, and I'm not saying I, I love therapy. I, I think it's so valuable, mm-hmm. but I think having the structure, I say have both, right? Yeah. If you're really in crisis, do both mm-hmm. have the cleanse, go to your therapist, you know, do both. It's designed So you can do it in 10 minutes a day, Hmm. right? And so that can be your little structure so that when you do go to therapy, you're getting more meaning and depth out of it. You're not just scratching the surface all the time. You're you're able to dig a little bit deeper and you get a sense of, and actually the work I find accelerates when you when you have a system for emotional processing on a regular basis, no matter what you do, you know, you'll be guided really Hmm. to whether therapy is right or something else is right for you or going to the gym, you know, and working with someone like yourself, that might be the answer too. That's like therapy for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, definitely there's no question about it that, um, so I hope that answers your question regarding the, 
the highly stressed person. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I, I've always got people in mind because that is pretty much um, <laughs> that person. <laughs> I could feel somebody there. I was like, <laughs> he's thinking about somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoever it is just needs to begin with the fact that they don't know where to begin. Yeah. And, absolutely. and, you know, I feel a lot of sadness that I, I can pick, usually pick up, but usually it's sadness and, um, overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and to take another step is like, sometimes it's not about taking another step. Sometimes it's about letting yourself collapse a little bit. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like holding your breath and going underwater and eventually you got to come up for air and you gotta, you gotta take a little bit of a break, a little rest, you know, um, because if you get too caught up in, well, what do I do? Hmm. You know, it's, it's too much. It's too much. I mean, it's you, the wheels are spinning and yeah. you got to kind of back off a little bit, um, and give your emotions a chance really. Um, but it's, it's gonna, I'm feeling with that person, they just need to really, you know, really dive into the feeling of what it feels like to not know where to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, really get in touch with that and really, uh, appreciate that for what it is and where it is and, and where that's happening yeah. in their life at the moment. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I think, yeah. I think as well, you, you, you've touched on, um, really, I suppose one of the core fundamental differences between, um, between therapy and coaching is obviously that the coaching side of things is, is, is a way forward and a structure and a, you know, a method to help you get to where you want to be. Whereas the therapy is looking back at where you've come from and what's got you to where you are. And the two combined are really give you that timeline of success, almost really understanding Mm -hmm. and then an action plan going forward. So that really, really helps. And I think, it's, you know, any tool in this modern era where we've got so much going on all the time, so much overwhelm that you can mm. allow yourself to help cope, have a strategy and a structure is always going to be a good thing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a good one in my book for sure. And uh, I know that that can help a lot of people in my circle of, uh, of the world. <laughs> and do you find, do you find kind of, uh, do you find that you tend to help on the coaching side a certain type of people or is it literally across the board, all different backgrounds or? Um, well, you know, I mean, people are drawn to what they're drawn to. And, and I think usually people have come to me who are experiencing high levels of anxiety and they're having a difficult time seeing through it. Um, some people are, have learned the cleanse and they might now and then just say, can you help me with this one? Because it seems like I'm getting a little caught. So I'll give them a little support and then they'll be off there on their way. And that's the difference between coaching too. It doesn't have to be every week. Um, for that you can, you can work together for two, three times and then you're off and then, and then maybe circle back, you know, if something's going on. So that's generally, um, I look for shifts in people, but I have very young clients too. I've got, you know, a couple 12 year olds right now, which is kind of fun. Um, and really helping them as well to see that there's a bigger, uh, learn about their emotions. And it's amazing to me how 
um, their parents are like, are they getting it? Are they getting it? And I'm like, yeah, they're getting it. They're, they're actually ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, and they soak it up. And so, um, I've got, you know, people in their twenties and thirty, all ages really, but usually they come because they're, and they're really, really anxious. That's yeah. generally why they show up to, in, to my world. Yeah. And I have a book called emotional detox for anxiety. So I wrote that book after emotional detox specific to that clientele. Yeah. Makes sense. If it keeps cropping up, of course, obviously people need a lot of help in that area. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's fantastic that obviously you can get children and then enable to sort of almost install that system at an mm. early age. So they've got those mechanisms for life because. Well, we need the children to be learning this because we need children in the, the schools processing what they feel because the schools need to change. Yeah. Um, they're not giving children everything they need for this world. At least that's my personal opinion. And our children, the more they feel they're going to um, help change the vibration of those schools. Mm -hmm. So parents, children, I know sometimes it feels like it's out of your control, right? I mean, right now our children aren't even in schools, right? And I know we're us in the United States, we're still, you know, I've got one that's online and on front of a computer for about um, sometimes 10 hours a day. And it's, it's awful. As a parent, you see your child being trained to be addicted, you know, not they're being trained to look at the computer, the amount of homework that she gets. And so um, processing parents, what you feel, children processing, teaching our children is so is critical because Mm -hmm the more we feel the, the more our vibration goes up and that's going to influence the schools more than anything, more than us complaining (laughs) and telling them we don't like it. This is going to be far more powerful than us going to that place of, of being upset and reactive about it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I totally agree as well that the schools do need to change for many different reasons. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you've got people who are able to, you know, connect to themselves and therefore others better and, and just raise that frequency, as you say, and mm. it's, it can only be a good thing. Um, and to get that from an early age means that, you know, you're seeing system, systemic change, hopefully even throughout the world, if you can really tap into that. So yeah. I, I applaud that. That is brilliant. That's really, really good. Um, and yeah, completely feel it. Got two kids at home, being homeschooled in front of a computer for hours and hours every day. And they're just almost being conditioned to be detached yeah. from emotion. Yes. Is, yeah. Yes. It's scary, yeah. really. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, one final thing I wanted to ask you, really, because it's, uh, it's, it's always interesting to me to sort of find out where, where the sort of uh, priorities lie for people. So, for example, do you find a do you find there's a gender bias in terms of what you do in terms of people who seek you out? Is it more feminine than it is masculine or is it quite an equal mix or because sometimes men find it hard to kind of talk about emotions or even recognize that they have any emotions other than happy and angry, mm. <laughs> maybe hungry. <laughs> I, I think as far as clients, I tend to get more women and however, I do have men as well. Um, 
as far as people reading emotional detox, I do have men write to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, um, I talk about some things in that book that I think that they can relate to. And, um, and so they do, they do, or they'll follow me on social media and they'll say a little something, you know, um, thank you. Or, or, and I think it's because, um, I, it, when you start to process your emotions, things like forgiveness come more easily. They actually come very effortless and natural and, and judgment and pressure. You know, I think men feel a lot of pressure and they, um, and I think they can feel that in the writing that I'm identifying that. And so generally it's the book (laughs) that they'll read in quiet. Um, and I've had women come. It's funny. Um, I just had a client the other day who said, well, my brother gave me your book, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) She, he said, I need to see you. (laughs) So uh, whoever he is, thank you for that. But, um, so that's how I'm, I'm connecting with men. Definitely. Excellent. Well, men, yeah. men need men need all the help they can get to actually be in contact with their emotions. So, if yes. it's through, if it's through text, if it's through audio, if it's even through listening yeah. to this and then going, okay, yes. I'm going to discover this more, then that's yeah. fantastic. You know, that's that's really, really, really good. So, yeah. well, look, that's been amazing to meet you today. Really, really cool to hear about how you're helping people and and advancing people and hopefully advancing the race of humanity a little bit. Yes. By getting people at an early age to, to adopt this. So if people want to find out more, if they want to potentially look at your book, if they want to find out more about your teachings, your coachings and your background, uh, the best place to uh, send them to, is it to your personal website? Yeah, so it's sherriannaboyle.com. Sherriannaboyle.com is, has all my stuff. The books are everywhere. So they're online and bookstores and things like that. Excellent stuff. Fantastic. So yeah, for me, I'm going to be definitely uh, picking up a copy of that firstly for me mm. and possibly for my wife as well. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, you have to possibly have me back because I have another emotional detox book coming out in the Excellent. fall of 221. And I wrote 135 emotional detoxes in that book. Amazing. Yeah. So people are going to be able to literally wake up in the morning and pick the one that speaks to them and take themselves through the process. So that came after years of coaching. People were like, I want So that's on its way. Um, but I would highly recommend they read the core book first. Yeah, sure. And then, the, and then they'll be off and running and, and some of your clients might benefit from that. Excellent. That sounds yeah. fantastic. We'd love to yeah. have you back on the show as well. Yeah. Maybe what we could even do at that point as a booking coming up, maybe we could get a, a signed copy and have a little conversation. Yeah. And someone could oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Well, lovely to, to meet you today. Lovely to have you on Thank the show. You. Guys, as Sherriana said, sherrianaboyle.com. Go there, find out all the resources you need. Go and check out the book. I'm going to be checking out the book. So give it a go. And uh, we will see you next time on the show. You've been listening to Man vs. Death, a show that's about health biohacking and fitness and how to dodge the reaper. <laughs> yeah.
Okay, we're being silly. Yes, the world's gone crazy. We got pandemics, a global health crisis, toxic food, technology taking over. It's nuts. But we've put together this show to help you and to help you live a longer life. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun, too. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash man versus death. Till next time, this is Man vs. Death and the Reaper signing off. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me.